When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We have a lot to talk about today. I mean, we have to talk about that, I don't know if you want to call it a debacle, if you want to call it uh, just an out, oh my gosh, that was such a horrible performance Friday night. I mean, Friday's show, I outlined 10 players to keep an eye on. I was pretty confident in those players. Some of them didn't even play. Those that did look like absolute excrement, and you know what I'm talking about. That was dreadful, forgetful, awful, horrible. I sound like Dr. Seuss at this point, but still, you get what I'm saying. That was, and if you watched it, I don't care if you watched it in replay, because a lot of people didn't get it live. And so if you didn't get it live, and you had to watch it on NFL Network, I think at 9.30 that night or something, you should have. I wish you would have hit me up on Twitter because I would have said, "Don't waste your time." Literally, don't waste your time. I know that Kevin Smith of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, or as we call him, Cliff Harris, is still a punk. He even said, like, "Hey, I had a I had a football game. He's a high school varsity head coach, and I haven't gotten to watch the game yet." And I said, "You might just want to not. You might want to just not watch it." I mean, of course he did because he's a football junkie, but still, that was bad. You know what's not bad, though? <laughs> what a segue. I'm a pro. I know. What's not bad is BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I hope you uh, check that site out early and often. We have everything for you from the latest breaking news, commentary, features, 
film room. Really, we strive for it to be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And on top of that, all these new shows that we're running on our podcast platform, it's imperative that you follow us. So if you just happen to stumble upon this podcast, maybe in an article, or maybe it's somewhere else, like you just did a search uh, for Steelers podcast and you stumble on this article, find us anywhere where you get your podcast. Just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain subscribe or follow whatever you have to do depending on the platform so that you don't miss a thing that's not just my let's ride which is every monday wednesday friday that's also the live mic on tuesday the stat geek on thursday that is our our noon shows which are the cutting room floor the fantasy football fix uh we have the ohioans and the power half hour we've got what yin's talking about we have the war room with maddie peverell and then all of our afternoon shows. And that's all for free anywhere where you get your podcast. So make sure you check that out. You don't want to miss that. I'll tell you what. I've listened to all these shows. Top-notch. Top-notch stuff. You'll love it. Every single show is different and unique. I think you'll love it. What I didn't love and what no one loved was the Pittsburgh Steelers' performance on Friday night. It literally looked like the Steelers threw out a JV team against a varsity team. And in that regard, I kind of want to say – that what I saw, I was not overly angry about. I wasn't upset. I don't I don't have a different outlook on the season based on the fact that the Steelers did not play a ton of their starters. Uh, you think about the players that didn't play, it would be easier for me to just tell you the players that did, meaning the starters that did. Uh, the left side of the offensive line, uh, you know, Chuksa Korafor played, uh, Kevin Dotson played, Kendrick Green played, but the right side didn't. Zach Banner didn't play, Trey Turner didn't play. I mean, you get a look at wide receiver. James Washington played, but uh, Chase Claypool played a little bit, but Juju Smith-Schuster didn't play, Eric Ebron didn't play. It's it's unbelievable. I could go to the defense, but I'm not going to. Fans need to remember that. I know there's a ton of Steeler fans that they, they had that image, 34-9. Oh, my gosh, what a horrible performance. And it wasn't good. But the, the Carolina Panthers were playing their starters. They were playing their starters. And to kind of put things in perspective, someone on Twitter, I think it might have been John Ledyard, and he typically writes about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he's covered the Steelers before. And he said that he was really impressed with the Steelers' secondary, the backup defense, holding the Panthers' starters to just three points uh, in the early going of the game. He said he thought it was a great performance from the Steelers' backups, really promising. So keep that in mind, a little bit of uh, positivity there for you if you want to look at it that way. But we still did winners and losers, and we're going to go over them. And you might think, Jeff, are there really winners in this game? Did someone actually have a positive performance? I think there was. I think there was. I have five winners and five losers, believe it or not. Yeah, I could have gone more losers. I, I understand that, but I'm trying to keep things in perspective. It was the fourth preseason game. No real starters played. Trying to keep things in perspective. Now, in the second half of the show, before we get started with the winners and losers, myself and Dave Schofield, Dave Schofield is going to join me for the second half, and, and he is. we're going to talk all things 53-man roster. We are going to predict the 53-man roster. Should you put stock in what we say? Him? Maybe. Me? Definitely not. Uh, I really am lousy at this type of stuff, but nonetheless, we do this exercise. It's fun. It's it's a way to try to see how everything's going, but you know what? We are going to see how we do, but that's in the second half. Let's get to winners and losers, shall we? This is what we always do after a game. They played Friday night. It's, it's Monday. It's, it's hard to believe. It's been a while, it seems like, but still winners and losers. First winner for me is Jameer Jones. Jameer Jones and Quincy Roche seem to be battling it out. Now, I know that other people, uh, Dave Schofield said this on the postgame show, it wasn't really Quincy Roche versus Jameer Jones. It was maybe Jameer Jones versus some other players that are fringe players. But still, I felt that Jameer Jones really stood out. He stood out on special teams. He stood out on defense. 
And, you know, he had that, he missed a tackle for loss in the first quarter. And a lot of people were ripping him. At least he was in position to make the play. And that's all I'm going to say. At least he was in position to make the play. Here's his stat line. Eight tackles, five solo tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack, and two quarterback hits. On a night where not much went right, Jameer Jones, I thought, was had a very good performance. And I don't care about PFF grades. I'm talking about the eye test. Did I did I see did I recognize them on the field? Did they jump off the screen? For me, Jameer Jones did. I think Jameer Jones solidified his spot on the 53-man roster with a really solid performance on Friday night. The next winner, this is <laughs> you might laugh at this. Mason Rudolph. What was his stat line? He didn't even play. How does he feel a winner, you say? Jeff, did you watch the game? And Mason Rudolph didn't play. I did watch the game, but what I saw was that Dwayne Haskins played so poorly. Played so poorly. And yes, his stats, and we'll get to Dwayne in a little bit. He played poorly enough that, in my opinion, Mason Rudolph just by default got bumped to QB two. If there was a, if there was a competition, and that's a giant if. I'm not saying there was. I'm not even saying the QB two job was even open for up for the taking. But so if it was. It, there's no doubt about it. Mason Rudolph is QB2, Dwayne Haskins QB3, at least right now. And before we go any further, does it even matter? Does it matter right now? No, it doesn't. I mean, I think it's pretty clear Joshua Dobbs is not going to make the team. He's injured, by the way. But he's not going to make the team. The, the top three will. Does it matter who's two and three on the depth chart? Not to me. Not unless number seven, Ben Roethlisberger, goes down, in which case the Steelers have bigger issues. Let's move on. The other winner, James Pierre. His stat line, four tackles, three solo tackles, and he even had a tackle for loss. James Pierre, if he showed me one thing on Friday night, it's his ability to tackle. He's not going to shy away from contact. That is something that I can't stand from defensive backs, where you know you see the running back or the tight end coming into the flat, the cornerback's approach to, to you know, they, they know what their job is, but some of them, boy, do they not want to do it. They would rather jump off a bridge than, you know, try to tackle a tight end. And that's that's not easy. And not a lot of players don't like to do it. James Pierre showed that he at least has a willingness to tackle. I think he really solidified himself as the third cornerback on the depth chart. And how they utilize him, we have no clue. No one knows. But right now, I think James Pierre is going to be used. How he's going to be used has yet to be seen. But he is a winner, definitely. Let's go to the fourth winner, Isaiah Loudermilk. The, he had a great game on Friday night. Played a lot. I want to say that he's almost a winner for the entire preseason. The reason being, when the Steelers traded a fourth-round 2022 pick to the Miami Dolphins to go into the fifth round during the 2021 NFL draft, everyone, myself included, said, okay, here we go. Who are they going to get? Really excited. They're trading back in. They want to pay. They want a player. They, They definitely have a player they don't want to wait on. And it's Isaiah Loudermilk out of Wisconsin. Okay, no one, what, who, where, why, when? No one knew anything about this player. If anyone did, they had to be a Wisconsin fan. I was very hesitant. You read the reports and the reviews and the scouting reports, and and it was really, with Loudermilk, was just, this guy's a project. I'm not saying he's going to play significant repetitions, but he has been a pleasant surprise. Finished Friday with five tackles, one solo tackle, one tackle for loss, a sack, and a quarterback hit. So Isaiah Loudermilk, he's had a great preseason. I think he's shown a lot of promise, and I think that he could be really, really good in a few years. He is a project, but he's been a pleasant surprise. So Isaiah Loudermilk is a winner. Chase Claypool also 
finds his way on the winner list. He didn't play much, but you remember, he had that ankle injury. I was anxious to see, okay, how's that ankle going to respond? Here's his stat line. One reception, 18 yards. It was a nice catch for a first down. It was their Steelers' first first down, by the way. He only had two targets. Obviously, his one catch for 18 yards. He also had a run. He had one rush for 11 yards on an end around. Chase Claypool, to me, it looked like the ankle's not going to be an issue. It's not lingering. The fact that they even had him out there was surprising. But, hey, he's only a second-year player. They probably wanted to make sure his ankle's good. Hey, check mark. He's good. He's healthy. That's what we want to see. Let's go to the losers list. Okay, first, Dwayne Haskins had to do it, had to put him there, finishes 9 of 16 for 108 yards, a 6.8 average, had one touchdown, one interception, wasn't sacked at all, 71.9 rating. If he hadn't have been reinserted into the lineup, because remember, Dobbs took over in the third quarter, and then he got hurt, hurt his toe, and Haskins had to go back in, and it was the last two minutes is when he he led the Steelers to their only scoring drive that wasn't a field goal, obviously, a touchdown drive. If it weren't for that, his stat line was absolutely abysmal. It was awful. And you could say it was the offensive line. You could say it was the receivers. You could say it was a myriad of different things. The fact remains he just didn't get the job done when he had an opportunity to really prove where he belongs on that quarterback hierarchy. I'm not saying he's done. I'm not saying he's going to get cut. I'm not saying that he's a one-year and done with the Steelers. All I'm saying is that he had an opportunity, and it seemed to pass him by. I expected more. I think a lot of people were with me, but nonetheless, Dwayne Haskins is the first loser. Next is Matthew Sexton. He had two returns for minus two yards and also had two fumbles. And Matthew Sexton got a lot of talk on our Steelers preview show before the game on Thursday night. And, you know, a lot of people said, well, he deserves a chance. And I, I get that. But at the same time, he also brought no he, – he provided nothing as a receiver. And so in the NFL anymore, you don't have return guys, just return guys, period. And so when I think about that, I, I think about Matthew Sexton. I, I wrote an article on Saturday, I think. It, yeah, it was Saturday. And it was about how the Steelers are not going to base any player's future – with the team off of one game. And I used Matthew Sexton as an, as an example. He had been the team's best returner up until Friday night. He had had big returns on, in the punt game. And most likely, he understood that he has to make a play. He's going to have to return a kick, and he, he can't waste an opportunity. And so he probably, I guarantee if you asked him, hey, go back and look at those two fumbles, would you have all, if you would you have returned those? If it was just a regular game and you had a job and you didn't have to worry about impressing anyone, I guarantee you he probably would have said, no, I would have fair caught both of them. I would have just fair caught them. We would have gotten our possession. But instead, he's trying to make a play. And he takes his eye off the ball. He fumbles it. We know the story. But I think Matthew Sexton, although he's talented, it it was an ugly look. And we knew it was coming. And he ends up getting cut on Saturday when the Steelers cut nine players. So uh, Matthew Sexton was a loser for that night. But I understand why he did what he did. Uh, the next loser, the third down offense. They finished the Steelers finished two for eleven on third downs. It was horrible. I don't need to talk too much about this based on the fact that it was just atrocious. Turnovers. Steelers turned the ball over three times. Two fumbles, one interception. You can argue about the interception. Was it Derek Watt's fault? Was it a bad throw? Should he have caught it? Shouldn't he have caught it? It was a bad throw, and he might have been able to handle it. Nonetheless, it ended up in the Carolina Panthers' possession. The turnovers have to stop. You hope that it will when the starters get back in there. And the last loser, which is kind of funny, Mike Tomlin challenges. He challenged two plays. One was a Sam Darnold questionable sack slash incomplete pass. 
lost it. And then a second one, which looked pretty obvious that it was a fumble. However, a player, I think the first player might have been Mark Gilbert, had left the field of play. You can't be the first person to down the touch the football. He was. The Carolina Panthers retained possession, and he loses another challenge. So in typical Mike Tomlin fashion, he went 0 for 2 with challenges. Now, what are you going to do? That seems to be Mike Tomlin's MO when it comes to challenges. So there you have it, the five winners and five losers for me. Let's run over them one more time. Not physically run over them. You know what I mean. The winners list, Jameer Jones, Mason Rudolph, James Pierre, Isaiah Loudermilk, and Chase Claypool. Losers, Dwayne Haskins, Matthew Sexton, the third down offense, the myriad of turnovers, and the Mike Tomlin challenges. All right, when we come back after this break, I'm going to be joined by Dave Schofield. We're going to be doing some predictions. Put on my Nostradamus hat, which... I guess he was wrong a lot too, Nostradamus. I think he said the world was supposed to end in like, uh, what was it, 2002 or four? I don't know. He was wrong. I'm wrong a lot. We'll be back after this break. Stay tuned. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Harbin, and I, I said this at the beginning right before our break. I'm going to have Dave Schofield on to talk about this 53-man roster prediction. I had teased this going back to Friday's episode, if you listen to that Let's Ride podcast prior to the debacle in Charlotte. And this is something that we do every year. It's been two years, I guess I should say, because I started this show last year. But Dave, what's going on? Let's welcome you to the show first. How's it going? Uh, it's going, I, I'm glad I don't have to, I'm not the real GM. That's kind of nice because there's some, there's some tough cuts here coming up. Absolutely. And the nice thing is, is we all do this. Uh, we're not the only website and podcast that's going to predict this stuff. The nice thing is, is that the majority of the disagreements or arguments or debates that you have from this is fringe players. Hey, you know, we're, we're not debating outside of the punter position. There's really no starting spots here. And it's, it's, it's actually a nice change of pace considering some teams are debating over starting positions, but that's not the Steelers case, but let's go through this offense and defense. What we're going to do is we're going to say how many players we're going to keep at that position, who we are going to keep, and then whether or not we have any differences. So if we don't have any differences, we'll just basically give us some uh, brief analysis and then we'll move on. So you ready, Dave? Absolutely. All right. So we're going to start a quarterback. It's the most important position in all the sports. We all have the, we have the same Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, and Dwayne Haskins. Now, folks, we are not here to debate who's QB1, QB2, QB3. We know who QB1 is. That's the most important thing. Dave, was there anything that made you think that Dobbs had any shot at making this roster? I I did early on, uh, you know, before they actually got out there on the field, but just because of him being around. I mean, now he's even dealing with the turf toe injury. He that's That was kind of the nail in the coffin, in my opinion. Um I'd like to see him around on the sidelines, but I, if they can keep him 
you know, practice squad IR or yeah. something like that. But I, other than that, that's uh, he's not going to find him way in the top three. Yeah, the toe injury, boy, that's really tough. You know, fourth preseason game, and that's when you're a mobile quarterback, and all of a sudden you have that injury. That's 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 really tough to swallow. But there we have it. Three quarterbacks. We both agree on that. Running back. This was a change for us. If you've been following it behind the steel you know that we have we've had four running backs, but we both went to three after the fourth preseason game. We have Najee Harris, Anthony McFarlane, Kalen Balage. We had Benny Snell getting cut. Now, my goodness, Dave, this would be a really this would be a headline, I think, if 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 Benny Snell doesn't make the team. But he's what is what is your saying? You can't make the team from the tank, right? I'm just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can't yep. make the team from the tub is what it's supposed to be. Club from the tub. <laughs> I know the right version now. But you can't make the club from the tub. Very good. I mean, could you see them keeping Benny Snell? Because I could. This was this was one spot where I'm like, yeah, if they make this move, I'm not going to be shocked. But you, you and I, no. we haven't seen enough of him, right? Well, honestly, I think that the. Uh, if I had to put the odds on it, if you're if you're going to bet on this, please don't bet on my 53 man prediction. I mean, especially, I mean, I only got two right when uh, of their ten cuts that they had to get to 80. I only got two right, and that was still two more than you. Um, yeah. So please don't listen to l- listen to us and, and place any large wager based on that. We're just going with what we think. I actually took Benny Snell off before this game. Yeah, I took him off before Friday night's game because I said he hasn't done anything all season. He's been injured. He should be coming into this game with the mentality that he has to earn his spot. And other than the one seventeen yard run, I didn't see anything that made him earn his spot. So that's why I wasn't ready to put him back in there. But I don't think the Steelers look at him that way, unfortunately, that I think that there's a really good chance that he does make it. I just I'm not go I would not put him there. That's just me. Well, and for me, when I thought about this, because I had Snell in it until this very last prediction, was what does Benny Snell bring to the team that is valuable or even necessary? Najee Harris is the cream of the crop that the Steelers have. We know this. Anthony McFarlane has breakaway speed that no one else has on the roster. Uh, Kalen Balaj is a good two-way back. He can catch the ball at the backfield, runs hard, kind of a bruising back. What does Benny Snell bring? You know, I mean, he has experience. Yes, that's that's true. And there is some value there. I just don't think he brings anything that they need anymore. Uh, since drafting Najee Harris, he's become expendable. Now, when you go, like for instance, for me on this prediction, I went from four to three. That means that we created a roster spot for someone else. And some. so what I decided is we go to fullback. I actually added Trey Edmonds as an H-back with Derek Watt. So you might be wondering, well, okay, Jeff, you're going to go with three running backs. Technically it's kind of four based on the fact that Trey Edmonds does have experience running the football and they've been using him in a lot of ways. But Dave, you saw something that I didn't in this last preseason game is to maybe tipped you off that Trey Edmonds is on this team. What was it? He, he didn't play. Um, he didn't see any snaps. Um, I, because of that, there's either one of two things is what I would say. Either one, they know what he brings and they're, and they've already made the decision that they're going to keep him or two, they did not want to showcase him anymore. So it was easier to get him to the practice squad. But I actually, I had originally put Edmonds in as a fourth running back. You put him as a fullback. I'm like, yeah, we'll just keep the numbers. Even I'll move him down to a fullback. Cause it doesn't really matter. He's going to be kind of used, used in that role. I, I have a, I have a weird theory for you here. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. that Trey Edmonds does not make the initial 53. Benny Snell does. 
But Anthony McFarland did not make the trip to, to Carolina because Coach Tomlin said he was getting treatment for something. It would not be crazy if somebody like a Trey Edmonds, who is a, who is a veteran that could then sign wherever he wanted, that they say, hey, we're going to cut you, but we need to keep someone on the, on the roster for a day before we bump them to IR, then we want to bring you back. That would not be a shocking move to me if they think McFarland might be hampered with whatever's going on with him for a couple weeks. He could be back in three weeks. You can come back from the IR from yeah. IR in three weeks as long as you're on the roster for one day. So that's another thing to keep in mind that this might not be the the roster day one, but it could be day two. And as someone that runs the website, this I hate this. You get the list and you're thinking, yep, here we go. And then we do podcasts about it. And then all of a sudden it changes rapidly when so-and-so is on injured reserve. Then they're bringing this guy person. Then they're waving this. It's just, it's chaotic, but you know what it is, what it is. And wide receiver is the one position that we haven't really changed this entire time. Barring an injury, the crew is Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Ray Ray McLeod. There's really nothing to debate there. Uh, That's not going to change, I don't believe. Tight end is the same. Eric Ebron, Pat Fryermuth, Zach Gentry. Some had kind of, uh, there had been some talk, and not so much in, in like the actual NFL Steelers sources, but people that are like us that thought that maybe they would, could they go in with two? I don't think there's any chance they go into a season with only two tight ends. And we think that Gentry, even though he didn't play poorly, uh, is going to make the team. Is there any way that Kevin Rader makes his team over Zach Gentry, in your opinion, Dave? I mean, it's a possibility. Uh, I wouldn't completely rule it out, but honestly, if you're really torn between those two, I think Raider is the easier choice to get to the practice squad yeah. because I think they still want to keep him and possibly elevate him like they did in the playoff game last year. So that would that would be the only thing where, in essence, you, you're going to have four tight ends, just only three of them on the roster. And now the tough position, and that's the offensive line. Uh, typically, Boy. they carry about nine. This could go a bunch of different ways. We know that the starting projected starters, I guess, I guess we can just call it the starting offensive line at this point. Trey Turner, Zach Banner, Chooks for Kevin Dotson, and Kendrick Green are all locks. And then after that, you get into who else are locks. I think that Dan Moore Jr. is a lock. A lock. You, you agree with that? Okay, good. Yes, he's a lock. I would say that J.C. Hassenauer is a lock based on the fact that he's the only other player that has gotten reps at center. Do you agree? Well, the only other player that will realistically make the team that's right. gotten reps at center. But, I mean, no, they – I mean, B.J. Finney didn't – I mean, it's, I would have to double-check to make sure that this wasn't the case Friday night. I don't, I don't remember seeing him there, but I haven't actually looked at the snap counts from Friday night to know that that it was just – yeah, that, it was, that Finney has not played at center. It's all been guard. Okay, so then it comes down to who – okay, so Dan Moore's your backup tackle jc hassan is your backup center he can play some guard but you're going to want some more depth at guard and it's between guys like bj finney rashad coward uh joe Haig at tackle now for me i had bj finney i like his p- position versatility they played him mainly at guard we all agree that that's his stronger position than center but if you needed a third string center you have him and he can play another position that's something coward does not have so i have finney making the team then you have Joe Haig. I have him making the team. He's a veteran. They did sign him this offseason. That's my nine right there. Yours is a little different. Explain why you kicked BJ Finney out and went with Rashad Coward. Yeah, I went. The reason I did that is Coward's been playing well. He 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 had probably had the best game of any lineman this past week, at least pro, fo- pro football focus thought he did um, for the Steelers. Um my thing with Finney is he could almost be like another one of those situations I said with Trey Edmonds. And unfortunately, I hope this isn't the case. 
I'm really worried about Zach Banner only playing 12 snaps in the preseason and then not even making the trip to Carolina. If he's not ready to play the whole game, then they don't need him at all. If you know what I'm saying, if you're going to have to call on someone, an offensive lineman for part of the game, offensive linemen are used to playing hundred percent of the snaps. If he can't do hundred percent of the snaps, I mean, is it simply because they're trying to not overwhelm Dan Moore? I mean, that would be it. I mean, otherwise, if if Banner isn't ready and he needs to go to the IR, then Finney's the guy that you cut and say, all right, we're going to bring you back the same salary tomorrow. Um, that's the reason I said that. He's more likely to do it because he's been around with the organization in the past. But I this is this is the difficult cut that I can't make. That's why I, the last time I kept 10 linemen just because I was lazy and didn't want to have to pick. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I still don't know that, that I could pick. So yeah, that's it, it's going to be interesting. Here. It's going to be interesting to see how they, how they handle the situation on the defense. Great point about banner. I never even thought about that. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball, the defensive line. We have seven players making the defensive line. And we're talking about the defensive interior, cam Hayward, Stefan to Tyson, Alulu, Chris Wormley. They're all locks. And I would even say Isaiah Loudermilk is a lock based on the fact that he was a drafted player and they traded into the fifth round in 2021 to get him. Now who else makes it? I mean, right now you and I have the same Carlos Davis and Henry Mondo. We added Henry Mondo to this group to go from six to seven in the latest predictions, but Isaiah bugs that has him getting cut. But a lot of people have been very underwhelmed by Carlos Davis at times. Dave, was it difficult for you making these decisions along the defensive front? Absolutely. They've got eight. They, they, they really do. They've got eight. And, and frankly, if those, if the, who I would consider, I consider the bottom three, cause we haven't had Mondo in there. He's been getting the snaps right behind Chris Wormley and he's been doing a nice job. Wormley's been doing a nice job. So he's been the next guy in there getting snaps. And Loudermilk hasn't just been a guy that they're trying to keep around to develop another year. He's been doing fine as well. So, so now I'm, I'm looking, I, I don't think they want to give up on louder milk for any reason, but I'm saying if, if there's any way someone wanted either Mondo Davis or bugs, if anyone was going to give you a, a, a pick or, or even just exchange a pick like a sixth for a seventh or something like that for any one of those three, cause I just don't see that they could keep eight guys. And I think someone's going to get snagged otherwise, but it, that's a really tough call. It is. It is. And, and it's it's a good problem to have. But the, now when you get to cut down day, it, it becomes an actual physical problem because you you hate to lose someone. So maybe there is a trade candidate out there. I'm not sure. But we have Isaiah Bugs being on the outside looking in. Let's go to outside linebacker. We know TJ Watt. Hopefully the contract issue gets rectified before the week one game. Um, Alex Highsmith, Melvin Ingram, they're locks. But then we only went with four. We only went with four and we both had the same player and it was a drafted player getting cut and not making this team. And that six round pick Quincy Roche, we have Jameer Jones making the team Jameer Jones. I had him on my winner's list from the last week. He's had a great preseason. I think he's earned that spot, but I know Dave, you're a huge cue from the U fan. This had to be tough telling saying that he's, he's on the outside looking in. I mean, maybe they bring him back on the practice squad. That would be ideal based on the fact that Melvin Ingram's future, who knows what that is with Pittsburgh, uh, it, w- it would be great to get him back. But, man, he just hasn't he hasn't shown enough for me to pick him over Jameer Jones. Yeah, and honestly, I, I think it's been – I don't think that Quincy Roche was battling Jameer Jones, in, in all honesty. I think Jameer Jones – now, Roche might have even had a little bit of a better game than Jones in this last one. They both played out really well on special teams, I'll tell you that. 
um, with, with, I think Jones definitely had, had the advantage on the special teams, but not by much because they both played well. But my, my thing is, is it's all about that last linebacker spot. This was almost as much Quincy Roche versus Buddy Johnson, you know, or any other linebacker that you had in there, um, you know, inside versus outside linebacker. So I'm just saying as much as I'd like to keep Roche, it, him being on the practice squad, you know, a six round pick starting the season, on the practice squad, maybe finding his way to the roster later on. If, if the need arises, you know, you just described Antoine Brooks last year. Yeah. So as long as they can get him there, then I, then I think that that might be the way to go. Now, fans that are listening to this, and you might be driving in your car, walking on a treadmill, going for a run, whatever. You might be listening, like, how could they cut Quincy Roche? Like, this guy's got so much potential. Just remember, like, Trey Edmonds, as an example. And we kept him in our predictions. He mm-hmm. could easily not make the team and get cut, yeah. and they add a fifth outside linebacker in this. They and he go with an extra success. defender and, let, and less guys on offense. Just exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So this is all flexible. This is just our yeah. predictions. Keep that in mind. Now, inside linebacker, as you alluded to, is is not easy. Devin Bush, Joe Schobert um, are locks, obviously. Uh, I would say Robert Spillane, even though he's had his struggles this preseason, is a lock. Mm-hmm. Now we moved Marcus Allen because we had him in the defensive back category. You had him. I did. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't did. have that him. That was me. <laughs> uh, moved him to in, moved him to the linebacker where he belongs, and we had Buddy Johnson staying. So we had five inside linebackers. I don't think that's a bad thing. Some people are screaming from the rooftops like, "Oh, you only need four. Did you say that last season when they lost Evan Bush? <laughs> I yeah. don't think so. You were probably screaming they needed better depth. I like Buddy Johnson. He just didn't play a lot in the last few games. They want to see what uh, other linebackers are bringing. I didn't hesitate to keep him. Did you, Dave? Who, Buddy Johnson? Yeah. No, I mean, if you're a fourth-round pick, you've really got to show that you don't deserve to be there for them to say, let's try to get him on the practice squad because chances are people are going to look at that pedigree and be like, yeah, let's let, let's grab this guy. We could really use some. And there are some teams that have recently lost inside linebackers that they would would possibly be looking. I mean, you, we haven't even mentioned um, UG3, who actually, he, in my honest opinion, on Friday night looked better than Spillane, believe it or not. But well, I think I, Spillane's I, looked like dog crap the entire preseason, to be honest with yeah, you. I mean, he, he just he hasn't, hasn't looked good. He doesn't look good, period. So no. if, if UG3. But is, they are asking them to do more things and not the same things that they're going to do in the regular season. I get it. I'm just saying if yeah. they think UG3 brings more and they cut Spillane, I'm not going to be heartbroken over it. No, I'm not either. Okay. Let's but go. I, I think, go well, hold on. Marcus Allen, because he's, we're going to be talking about him later too, because he is that linebacker. Jeffrey Benedict pointed out where they kind of almost used him Friday night in that, in what would sometimes be that dime role. And it was Marcus Allen as the second linebacker out there that the Steelers might just replace what quote unquote linebacker is out there in order to do something like that. They really like him. I, I'd kind of dismissed him from being on this team for the longest time, but then seeing if they could utilize him in the, as the answer to some of their sub packages that, that he brings an awful lot to where he brings it to both the inside linebacker position and could even be depth at safety in a pinch. Right. And I've, I've actually thought about that for a while now. I just never brought it up because I'm thinking that the Steelers have to at least entertain this idea. The guy was a safety coming out of Penn State. My goodness, how wouldn't you entertain it? But maybe they're just not getting around to it. I don't know. So cornerback is pretty much set at this point with 
you know, Joe Hayden, Cam Sutton, I think James Pierre, he's continued to look good, solid uh, in the preseason. And Justin Lane's a third round pick. They're going to keep him. I think that Arthur Millette, unless the ankle injury, excuse me, is considered serious. I think he makes the team. Now you had originally had Mark Gilbert on your list, yeah. but you had him out on the most recent is, is is there anything that you saw that made you want to put him out of the lineup or, or what, what was it? That no, was you do that? No, I still think. And the fact that they've, the Steelers have already made some cuts and players and other undrafted free agents like Shakir Brown were already cut and Mark Gilbert is still there. Just kind of, kind of goes to show that I would love to keep Mark Gilbert. I think he is a player that is, has much more pedigree than what, than a, than a UDFA Be, because of the injuries he dealt with in college that you can see why he was a uh, projected to be at least a day two pick after his sophomore year. He's got a lot that he can bring, but I also look at other places on the roster and I'm like, I don't justify keeping him over somebody else. That's what right. it all came down to. Okay. And, and he's a name to keep your eye on. He's a name yeah. to keep your eye on in case he maybe surprises some people. Let's yep. go to safety. Neither of us disagreed. Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, Miles Killebrew and Trey Norwood. Trey Norwood has been a Swiss Army knife for the Steelers. He played some nickel. There's really nothing to debate there unless the Steelers add a safety. So we're just going to go straight to specialists. Um, Chris Boswell is the only kicker on the roster. Not that that was a debate anyways. Punter, we both had big press making it. Uh, do you think that they're able to trade Jordan Berry or anything like that? I, I know that no. Michael Beck wrote an article that ran Sunday for the site suggesting that maybe the Denver Broncos, who have a horrible punting um, – they, they, I guess their punting situation is bad. Maybe they could trade or package Jordan Berry in with a trade. I can't believe anyone would actually want that guy, but still um, I don't think he gets traded. Do you? Honestly, I think Harvin has more trade value oh, I and, I, and, I, and I don't want him to trade Harvin. So that's yeah. why I don't want, that's why I'm like, no, now you, if, if, if you're calling the Steelers right now and you want one of their punters, you should want Harvin. Right. Awesome. And, the, and, the, and the Steelers should not part ways with him. Either. Yes. Um, now, the the debate that we have, the difference we have here is that I have Canada making the team again. You have Christian Koontz. Why I've do you I, you have you have? I'll give you credit there. Why do you have him sticking around over Canada outside? Of the because fact he's that still didn't here. Even play in front. <laughs> he's yeah. still here, you know, and which is great that he was still here for this game, because then they say the candidate was was sick before the game. So that's why. That's why Coons got all the snaps. Just think if they would have cut him, what would they have done? So, or who knows? Maybe they would have made him play sick. It's hard to say. Um, obviously, you can't if it's a COVID issue, but if it was a COVID issue, he would have been on the list. Right. So I think it's, I just think Coach Tomlin said this before the game Friday night that when he, I think it was an interview with Bob Labriola that, you know what? We have nine other guys on the punt team that are supposed to go down and tackle. We don't need our punter or our long snapper to do that, which is true. But if you have one that can, I mean, come on. And I mean, and between the two punters, who's who's more likely going to hit somebody? I think it's going to be big press. Um, and between these, between the two long snappers, I mean, Christian Kuntz was a linebacker. So I, I just, and you save some money with it. I just, I don't think it's crazy. It's not the end of the world if they keep one over the other. But for some reason, it just kind of feels like the fact that they're down to 71 players and he's still one of them means that he actually has a legit chance to make it there. 
No, you're right. And I, I, we talked about this before we went on the air that the Steelers do have two practices scheduled one for Sunday um, and one for Monday, I believe. Is that right, Dave? Or uh, Monday, it, Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday. I'm sorry, Monday and Tuesday practices. And they don't have until four. They have a 4 PM Tuesday to release the final cuts. They might be using those two practices as like a, a final tryout, so to speak for some of these positions. So we'll see how that pans out. We will be having a podcast airing on our podcast platform whenever this is released, whether it's early, like they cut the nine players on over the weekend or whether this is Tuesday at three 59 PM, we are going to have a podcast at some point letting you know who made it, who didn't, what were the surprises, all that good stuff. So make sure you follow us there. Dave, any final thoughts before we go? Yeah. Um, like I said, don't place wagers based on our picks, but if yeah. you're going to do it for one of them, I would go with mine over Jeff's just because I have the track record. Well, the funny thing is, too, is I would <laughs> I would go with Dave's over mine, too. I, I literally uh, don't put a ton of thought into this stuff. Uh, Dave is way more analytical than I am. He's thinking about they didn't play Trey. I didn't know they did. I overthink it. I overthink <laughs> it. That's my problem. <laughs> I would put money on Dave's anyways, but I'll tell you what. Thank you, Dave, for joining me. I appreciate it. We do this all the time. We'll have to get together again on this show uh, for all my Ride or Die crew. I'll be back on Wednesday to answer questions from you, the Ride or Die crew, in the mailbag segment, as well as talk about all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you check us out at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And as we finish it out here, you know how we always do. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day. We'll see you on Wednesday. Go Steelers. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.